Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Desperate House Witches. My name is Raina Starr. I am your host for the hour. With me this evening is special guest Amy Blackthorne. But before she comes on, Desperate House Witches is not a G-rated show or PG or R or even X. So if bad language, bodily functions, dirty talk of any kind might upset you, also let me issue trigger warning because Amy and I tend to talk about some sensitive stuff. Uh, you have now been forewarned. It could be sexual in nature. It could be violent in nature. It could be anything we decide to talk about. So just be prepared. I don't want anyone to be upset or surprised in a bad way. So I've given you all of your warnings. Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the incredibly wicked one herself, the amazing Dorothy Morrison. Please check out wickedwitchstudios.com. She is currently doing her Halloween sale limited edition candles, and other products. Please go to her Facebook page to check out the link to the social media sale. That's Desperate Witch, uh, Desperate Witches. No, that's <laughs> WickedWitchStudios.com. Okay, enough of that. On to the show. For the hour, my guest is my friend, the wonderful, talented writer, artist, creator, tea mistress, um, really good friend of mine, the wonderful Amy Blackthorne. Hello. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you, as always. So let's let's talk a little bit about what's been going on since the last time we spoke, which has been a minute. I mean, it's it's been a number of months. So I want to know how you're feeling, and I want to know how the pandemic has been treating you and, and if you're – you're dealing with it, if things are getting better for you from a business standpoint, give me all the information. Well, the first thing I want to talk about is it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, so right check yourselves, make sure that everything is kosher. Even the gentleman out there, uh, a dear friend's father left us, he, he died of breast cancer, so make sure you're paying yeah. attention to yeah. your, your chest, it's very important. I'm so excited. Yeah, men I, forget I been, it's them too. Men do oh, forget yeah. it's them uh, too. Yeah, so please, it, it like really Amy is. said, check it out. Make your, make sure you're, you know, it doesn't take long. Lightly pressed, you know what to do. It's all over the internet if you need instructions. But definitely, it is brisk. I mean, it's all what you should be checking yourself monthly anyway. But this is the month where. We focus on that and remind folks that that's a good idea. So thanks, Amy. That that was brilliant. Absolutely. I've I've just been in my little hidey hole, making tea and writing books. I I I am <laughs> I am finishing up my last edit, the very last one where the new book looks like a book, and you're just red penning to make sure yeah. everything's good while writing the next book, and. This is too many books, and I'm, and I'm writing a novel. 
So. Oh wow! I'm oh, just wow. living in my what? in my office. Wait. No, no doubt. <laughs> I mean, are you tied there with a a chain? I mean, I understand a lot of authors. That's just the the way the schedule runs. Where you write a book, and it's like a year to a two year process to get it from the stage that it's submitted to the point where you have it in hand as an actual finished product. But there have been some interesting things because of the pandemic and supply chain management issues. So, I mean, have you suffered any of these interesting delays with with getting books out? Well, my original release date was the beginning of January, and we pushed it. It got pushed back to the first of March to give us some cushion to make sure that we had everything that we needed. What people don't understand uh-huh. is when the when the wood prices went through the roof and they couldn't get any supply, and that backed everything up. So they weren't making wood into paper pulp; they were making wood into lumber for building materials. Ooh, so true. Now, <laughs> Interesting. So the 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 theoretical book shortage that's coming has already started to notice that I walked into my local Barnes & Noble to try and look for a couple resources for my new book that I'm writing now. And mm-hmm. the shelves are already starting to look barren. So if you're if you're thinking about Yule shopping, shop local, go with somebody you know and do the shopping now. Don't wait until Black Friday to start your Christmas shopping or Yule shopping. It won't be there. Right. Right, because a lot of authors, you know, a lot of the time folks like to get autographed copies of things, and they a lot of the time tend to buy them from authors themselves. And I'm I'm understanding that even authors are having trouble getting copies of their own book, which I find really interesting. So that's got to be an added difficulty because people want your books. Um, so you get out there and get them while they're available because, like Amy said, there there are product shortages that are going to delay releases getting sent out to these stores. Yeah, that must be that must be very nerve wracking when you know your career is is it rises and falls by sales. Exactly. And wow. Wow. Anything from pandemic breakdowns to fear of resource shortages can affect whether or not your book gets even printed today or you've got to wait. Um, a An actor that I've, that I've followed for years released a book of poetry recently and it mm-hmm. was, it's doing really well, but people can't get their hands on physical copies because they just aren't there. And so it's, it's wow. interesting watching it happen to, to someone on the bestseller list on the times list, just as it mm-hmm. would affect, you know, a smaller, more niche book uh, genres. Right, right. Wow. That so in a weird way it kind of levels the the playing field to a certain extent um when it's not just you know sp- specific types of books, it's all books that are are suffering from this. And that's that's a little bit nerve-wracking because you know at the point where things break down, whether it's electronic or, or what have you. I keep having this weird apocalyptic dream about power being just gone. Um, but there's always been, you know, a way to read if you have sun or a candle. And now we already, you know, we're running out of things to read because you can't get copies of things. And uh, <laughs> that's, it's a little bit eerie and strange feeling to know. And I've been having this discussion about products being missing 
um, because components are missing and it's affecting basically everybody who has a job, period. No matter what the oh, job yeah. is, in some in some way, shape, or form, um, supply chain management issues are really hitting everybody in every possible way. Remember when the, you'd go to the, the grocery store and you couldn't find toilet paper for a while? <laughs> um, I've been hearing that, and this goes back to the, the wood issue and the processing issue, <laughs> toilet paper also cometh from paper <laughs> and wood. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, I, you know, we've been having these discussions of, wow, are we heading back into another shortage? And the fact of the matter is we're already there, but don't panic buy, because when you panic buy, it, it, this is what creates huge levels of stress and things that don't need to happen. If you just buy a little bit with your regular shop and stock up that way as opposed to panic buying and buying everything in sight, it kind of ensures that there's enough time for the goods to be replenished so that everybody can get a share of it. Because um, I, I, the, the panicking I saw a year and a half ago is something I never want to have to see again, uh, as I'm sure many of us do not want to have to see that again. So, yeah, I mean, do things in a thoughtful manner and, and consider the fact that you might want to get some extra, but you don't have to buy all the extra at one time. Unless, of course, it's exactly. books and you're giving them as presents. Get a lot of those, um, but don't use them as toilet paper. You get the meaning. Anyway, um, so your book, the book I've been anticipating, the book I've been dying to get my hands on is called Protection Magic, or is it Blackthorn's yes. Protection Magic? Black of course. Magic. It is available for pre-order right now, so... Yay! You can get, get ahead of the line. <laughs> Seriously. And, you know, it's interesting because this is a book that I've really been – because we've talked about it in previous episodes that you've been on, and it's like, oh, that's going to be such a great book. And it's like, I really need this book. And now it's it's finally up for, for pre-order, which I find very exciting. But I want to know about the book now, <laughs> so what was the concept, and 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 what got you what got you writing um, specifically a book about protection magic? This has been my lifelong work. Mm-hmm. Before I was even even before finding my first book on witchcraft, I was like the bouncer of my friend group. <laughs> uh, I, I teased, <laughs> but I but I also have worked as a bouncer. Um, but even as you know, first and second grade, I was head and shoulders above the tallest boy. So somebody's mm-hmm. picking on somebody in my class. Guess who's going to come find Amy and make sure that, it's, that the, the issue handles itself? <laughs> um, right, right. The protection has been very important to me the entire time. The mm-hmm. book itself, I really wanted to talk about single topic issues. I wanted to create a book that was one-stop shopping, so to speak. It's got tarot, it's got crystals, it's got herbs, it's got oils, everything, every subject is covered, but it's all focused on the magic of protection. So it's almost as big as botanical magic, but every chapter is a different subject. (laughs) It's, it's, you know, over 70,000 words and every, it's almost 75. Uh, 
every single mm-hmm. chapter is a different section, you know, a different modality, so to speak, geared towards protection magic. So there's a section on, you know, every major arcana card has a different focus for protection, you know, because prosperity wow. magic is a, is a little bit different. But if you want to protect your financial investments, you want to protect your bank account, that mm-hmm. protection is going to look different than if you're sending your toddler off to kindergarten. Sure. Of course. So the, the multivalent approach was really important to me to make sure that every base was covered. If someone likes oils, but they're sort of iffy about the tarot, everybody has something that's available to them. And it was really important that I broke it down into mind, body, and spirit, because we don't want to look at things as just one way, because that's not the way the world works. If you have right. um, intuitive protection, you have psychic shielding, that's great. Now what's the next thing? How can we protect your home? You know, each level, each mm-hmm. facet has a different area of expertise. So there's really neat exercises on there about um, and protecting yourself psychically. There's things about how to protect yeah. your home. You know, there's, mm-hmm. one of my favorite parts is the, the middle section is the physical protection. So it talks about things like the most popular grade of locks that are used on new construction. 72% of new construction homes are put Kydeco locks in there. Everybody knows how to pick those. You want Medico or you want, you know, something that's a little harder to pick. Yeah. If you want to protect your house. Wow. Holly trees are great. Boxwood, roses. Nobody wants to trample around and get stabbed and stuck, leave DNA evidence when they get pricked. <laughs> These are things that we don't think about as, as magical practitioners. That's shit I don't think about just as a person. I mean, seriously, <laughs> all jokes aside, but no, I mean, all kidding aside, though. You know, for me to stop, I mean, put aside witchcraft completely for a minute, just as a person moving through the world, you know, when you think about protecting your body, you're thinking about some kind of armor, some kind of weapon, something to defend yourself against what's coming at you. And that's not necessarily enough if you don't know how to use it. So there are other things that need to be employed. I mean, I am a shorter person. I'm a big person, but I'm a short person. So, you know, someone's ability to overtake me, my having a weapon is pretty fucking pointless, to be honest with you, by the time I reach for it. Um, So I need other methodologies of protection. You know, I need psychic. I need, you know, wards around me. I need crystals protecting me, uh, spirits protect. I mean, there's, there's lots of different things. Now, granted, not any one of those things is complete protection, which is why I think you did such a comprehensive book to incorporate. Because I'm assuming, you know, if I want to do certain crystals, I could also do certain incantations. I could do certain spells. I could burn certain candles, depending on the situation I'm about to walk into. Would that be exactly. something you would combine? You could combine yes. like a few different yes. elements? Oh, cool. I cool. absolutely I'm love always a, the layering approach. You, if one person yeah, knows yeah. that you around your house to protect it, uh, they know uh-huh. the way around that brick dust. But if you use mm-hmm. brick dust and you know, use, there's so many layers to it, they can't know all the layers, so you're still protected. Yeah, that's true. 
I sometimes wonder if, you know, because sometimes when I'm doing certain spells for certain things like work, you know, I want to protect the money I'm making. I want to increase the flow of money. I want to protect my job. I want to protect my clients. I want to protect my company. So there's like all these different layers of protections that I want to use in my daily life to keep things solid and growing and moving forward. But I'm always afraid, am I layering too much shit on? Is one counteracting another? I mean, because I I don't, I, I'm one of these people where more is better, but not necessarily if you're not doing it in the right order or the right combination. So will this book guide me through that? Absolutely. The, when you're looking at the psychic section, the psychic security, every little bit is, you'll find there. You can find you know, the emotional security. It has essential oils and incense recipes and tarot spells. Like each section has mm-hmm. all the, the spells that you need. Even the, this, there's a, a middle section where we talk about physical self-defense. And there's magical aspects yeah. to that as well. You know, blessing a pocket knife that you carry on yourself for defense. There's all sorts of things that you can do. The point of this, the overarching message is that everything we do during our day is magic. We are magical people. There's no mundane world in the, in the regular world. No, we only get one. Take your magic mm. with you. Mm-hmm. I often forget that. You know, sometimes in the day-to-day when I'm doing something very simple and mundane and I'm like king in an order or answering a phone call, you know, sometimes when I'm not busy glamoring clients, (laughs) I forget that there are elements of, of, you know, as a person who is a witch, what you do is naturally going to exude some kind of a magical intent or a force around it because this is who we are and this is what we believe. But sometimes in the moment you forget that you are the living embodiment of these elements and these abilities. And, you know, the pandemic really knocked a lot of us for a loop as far as our our intentions and our magical practices and the day-to-day of just moving through life because some of this has been really fucking scary. So I like the fact that you're, that you bring it all back for us to, Oh no, 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 no. You're magic all the time. Uh, it, I find that a very helpful approach to like be reminded and maybe it's just me, but I don't think it's just me. Um, I need reminding <laughs> sometimes that I'm a magical being and I have these abilities and, you know, because I believe in certain gods, I, I possess certain things that they allow me to have. Um, which is a much better way than the way my parents tried to teach me. Um, <laughs> and it also, you know, but, but magic is a very big responsibility. You know, you talk about protection, but, but being a person who has magical intent or the ability to use magic for their intents or intentions, um, it's, it's a self it's a self-aware thing. We're responsible for what we're putting out and how we're putting it out. Um, and I like the idea that we are responsible for our own magic. And I, I find that sometimes that gets lost in certain conversations. So I, I appreciate the fact that you say, no, 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 you own this. 
you know, all of us own this. So it's, it's absolutely, I, it's a great approach, I think, to everything. Is there a certain spell or a certain something that you specifically do on, on a daily basis from the book that you, that you incorporate into your everyday workings? There really is. My favorite one, you know, when I'm in, a lot of instructors do this, a lot of writers do this, they include a shielding exercise. You know, in, mm. in botanical magic, it was the creating the egg shield. Uh, yep. In, in this book, in the, physic, in the psychic security section, we go another step further. My example is I, I, I've read motorcycles. I have for almost 15 years. I've, I've had the same bike. Mm-hmm. I, I had my first motorcycle ride at three years old with my uncle holding on to <laughs> me running around the backyard. Like, I knew I wanted a motorcycle always. <laughs> So So it's very interesting because part of your safety equipment is a motorcycle jacket. And most people think, oh, you know, they they can see the lines and they can see what it theoretically looks like. But when, Uh you know, pre-pandemic, you saw people in person, I'd have somebody, oh, you know, we're at a party. Can you hand me my jacket, please? And they they about fall over and try to pick up my jacket (laughs) because – this is safety equipment. It has to go between me and the theoretical road. So it's, sure. you know, they're like, what is it? You've got rocks in here? What is, what is in here? Um, I've had people wonder yeah. if maybe there, my metallic accompaniment was in the pocket. Like, no, that's just the weight of the jacket. It has to be that heavy. So yeah. I'll teach you how to take something that's already, that you already own, that you already have pleasant memories of, that you understand the sight, smell, theoretically the taste, uh, of this object and how to turn that into right. a magical keepsake, a magical talisman. For the mm. example, I took my leather jacket. I sat in, I sat with it in my lap. I smelled the dragon's blood that you can smell um, mingled in with the leather of the jacket. I, mm. I felt the weight of it. I thought about yeah. pleasant memories I had while wearing it. And now nice. before I leave the house every day, I psychically put that jacket on to protect me. Its whole design is about protection, right? So why would it not carry over to the the psychic? So instead of an egg or a cloak or, you know, that that leather jacket is my my little psychic imprint that says, hey, we are are protected and we are whole. The extension of that, there's there's uh, another exercise. You can actually add something I call cat's whiskers. I always know in days when my whiskers are off because I'm bumping into walls and things, but you're ah, extending yeah. feelers outside of your, your space, your, your protective shield, in order to figure out where things are and how things are moving. Um, you can add a line of whiskers up your spine to make it a little bit more easy for your proprioception, the connection of your intuitive mind and your body's senses to say, oh, you know, there's, there's somebody right behind you or there's someone who's moving a little too close. Proprioception is the yeah. sense of our body that says where your foot is, even if it's under your desk and you can't see it. Wow. That's cool. See, I do this thing every morning called armoring up, and all mm-hmm. it is is I'm putting on my jewelry. But because when I acquire a piece of jewelry, I put it on the altar and I ask for certain blessings on it and I put certain protections on it, um, which is – you know, my way of protecting myself, that's that's what I use 
as as far as my armor goes. Um, but I love the idea that because it's metal, you know what I mean? Like the jewelry's metal and I think of weaponry as metal. But I love the idea that I can take something I wear and infuse that the same way and use it the same way and protect my person the same way. See, it never occurred to me that, yeah, I mean, it makes total sense. Your jacket is what protects you if, God forbid, you should have a, a, a bump up on the bike. It's supposed to protect your, your skin, your body, your bones, all of it. Um, so it has to be constructed like armor to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's not something I ever thought of as far as a clothing item. But, yeah, it makes perfect, perfect sense. So are there any specific oils that you like for protection? Dragon's blood is one of my very favorites. I get my, my mm. there, there are two dragon's bloods that I really like. The one that's more commonly available is the Sunside Dragon's Blood. You can actually see the, the dragon's blood resin in the bottom of the bottle. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to find those. There's a lot of cheap imitations that don't carry any resin, that don't have that same vibration. But the other one that I really yeah. love is from Black Phoenix Alchemy Lab. Their dragon's blood is chef's kiss, absolutely perfect. 30 out of 10 would recommend <laughs> Uh, oh wow! And I that's, really like it. Cause that's a pretty strong endorsement right there. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> I'm uh, all, they have a lot of they have good section. Blood. They have a whole section of perfumes blended with a dragon's blood base, um, and they also yeah. have a magical arm of their perfumery that just does magical perfumes. Uh, their Twilight Alchemy Lab, perfect. Really, really powerful stuff. Um, you can check them out on C or BlackPhoenixAlchemyLab.com. Uh, but I wanted to share with you, the epigraph is my, is my favorite part of each book. You know, I know what I want to write, but the, the epigraph is what comes to me usually the last. Uh, it's the quote that sums up the theme of the whole book. Right. Most, pe- most people are good and occasionally do something they know is bad. Some people mm-hmm. are bad and struggle every day to keep it under control. Others are corrupt to the core and they don't give a damn as long as they don't get caught. But evil is something com- is a completely different creature. Evil is bad that thinks it's good. Kara Marie Monig mm. said that in Shadow Fever, and I like I would it's tattooed on my brain. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's that that's, <laughs> right? that sounds like a tattoo. Period. So we need to go get them. <laughs> Well, here's the thing, and 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 just a quick aside, my younger son, who you're probably going to meet next year at MSC, Mystic South is on, y'all, uh, for for next uh, summer, July in Atlanta. So yeah, and he just got his first tattoo yesterday, and I was like, oh, because yeah, and and I'm so excited, it's gorgeous, and I'm like, oh my god, I want another tattoo. But I don't know what I want. Well, now, Amy, I do. <laughs> That's so we need to make a point. We need to make appointments in Atlanta and go get this. <laughs> I'm sure one of our local people will be able to tell us who's reputable. I'm sure because I want one that says what you just said. Although I obviously a little bit shorter because that's a lot. 
and while I may be a big girl, I don't want half of me covered in it. But that whole concept of evil thinks it's actually good, I love that. That's a, that's a really that's a powerful statement. But I don't really think I know anybody or anything that is a hundred percent evil. I tend to and and is evil really evil unless it's a hundred percent all the time evil? Exactly. It's hard. otherwise it's just you know kind of cruddy. <laughs> yeah. I mean we know a lot of cruddiness, but. You know what I mean? I don't know that I've ever encountered pure, I mean, even, you know, like we've talked, you and I have talked about the fact that um, I'm, I was an abused child and, you know, I, I have called my father evil. However, he wasn't evil 24-7. He was evil 23-7. So, like, can I say <laughs> that that's 100% evil? Not exactly, but cruddy? Uh, yeah. Very cruddy, very, very cruddy. I don't know what, how I would handle 100% evil except for wanting to, oh, see, I almost, uh, mm, yeah, that's a hard <laughs> one because part of me wants to say use it and part of me wants to say destroy it and part of me wants to say both. And that's why we are good people because we, we like to see the best in people. We would like to see that. You know, there's got to be some good out there in, in certain people. I can only probably yeah. think of one person on this planet that I've ever had any encounters with that I would I would like to categorize as evil. I can't think of a, a single thing that they've ever done that was would balance the scale for the, the rest of the time mm-hmm. they've been on this planet. Oh, yeah, and I'm sure that those people are definitely out there. I don't know that – but I don't know that I've ever encountered – that level of evil. I have encountered horrible. I have encountered sadistic and brutal and have been brutalized and the host of other things that you and I have talked about. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't know if those, if, if that instance makes you evil or if it's the fact that there is nothing redeeming ever that makes you evil. I love yeah. this concept, though, that, you know, what, how, what constitutes actual evil, not like ugh, just evil. I mean, yeah, you can say that about a lot of people, but it's, it's not the same thing. I'm talking about pure, unadulterated, like you said, no redeeming qualities, actual evil. And what, you know, like how far are we allowed to go to – rid ourselves of such a thing if it's not attacking us? Do we have the right to step in and try to eliminate that evil? Or is it something that you only know it's evil if it's attacking you? Do you know what I mean? I do. I, I think it's, I have worked so hard my adult life not to become a vigilante because that doesn't help me. But the thought is there. I will... I will. Tell just between us, like I will, I will tell you. There are days. There are days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it's disappointing when, you know, because there are people that you think you know, and then and there pe- you know there are people that say that they love you, and then they turn around and do the most, you know, 
pity as shit. And for me, like, the first betrayal is a parental betrayal because that's what I lived through. But right. I And I've tried really hard to not be the shitty parent that I had or be the shitty spouse that I had. Or, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I've been through mm-hmm. all these different layers of abuse like most people have. And I try to draw the line in myself of don't cross this line because then you're just like them. But there is this huge vengeful streak in me. Maybe it's a Libra thing because I'm always trying to even the score or even it out, which is the scales trying to balance. Um, And that's the whole trick of it. The, The whole thing is not that Libra is balanced, it's that Libra is trying to balance and it's hard it is hard no doubt about it we like to think uh, and and especially as children we think that justice is black and white and it's really not there is there's so much gray in there that makes it difficult to make sure that you're doing whatever the right thing is at that moment and the funny thing about justice is that what's right for this moment is probably not going to yeah. apply to any other situation. Mhm. Mhm. I agree. Which is why your book is so important because if you can protect yourself in the appropriate manners and use the tools that are that are in this coming book, um, perhaps the need for justice or you know, the shit that other people will put on you, you'll be able to at least keep down to a low simmer um, because you will have employed these protection techniques. Yeah, it was so important. I'd probably say it at least once a chapter. I remind people because of the things that I have been through as as a child, as a young adult, and, you know, now as a a fully formed member of society, that it's not your fault shitty yeah. things happening it's not some soul contract you wrote before you were born into this world that's all toxic positive toxic positivity bullshit don't ever let someone tell you that the the, the skirt you wore was too short the because you yeah. took the bus yeah. instead of walking to work like none of that matters it is not your fault yeah i mean i and i've i've told this story before but the first time I was raped was by someone I knew and I was drunk and there was a lot of you know I mean my own mother said you can't tell your father about this he's going to say it was your fault just point blank period and that was very true and anything that happened to me subsequent from that moment I knew not to say anything I mean I could not even go for help in my own home because you know, the person who was supposed to protect me was the person who was going to blame me for it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So the reminder that, I mean, because even now at this old age that I have achieved, um, I still have those thoughts. Did I do it? Was it my fault? And mm-hmm. because of the year that it was, and, you know, the the kind of household I was brought up into, it was it was just naturally assumed that women were the cause of all the evil in the world. Yep. You know, when you have a pen, Pentecostal preacher for a father um, and he's got mental illness and bipolar before they even diagnosed what bipolar was, um, 
Yeah, they used to just say he was a nervous person. No, he was an insane person who wasn't getting medicated and not getting the help that he needed because he didn't believe in getting help. It was one of those situations. You're less than a man if you go for help. Excuse me. Huge advocate for therapy over here. I spent all of college in therapy. As a matter of fact, I had therapy so much, I had therapy on site at school for six hours a day. So yeah, it's nothing to be ashamed of. If you need to talk to somebody, talk to somebody and forget what anyone else tells you about it. Sorry, I needed to get that PSA out. Hallelujah, because there is so much that people get told is their problem, is their fault, is their responsibility. So yep. because that's what happens. I dedicated the very middle of this book to how to escape duct tape, how to escape handcuffs, how to escape duct tape, zip ties, rope, chains, mm-hmm. the whole nine yards. You think somebody's following you? Here's what you can do about that. Do you have a stalker? Here's wow. what you can do about that. Wow. Do you hand over your yeah. keys to the, to the random dude who behind the counter who changes your oil? Like These are all things that I have experienced as someone who teaches concealed carry, as someone who teaches women's self-defense. These are all the stories that I've collected, and they're, they're interwoven into the magic to protect ourselves, to take control over what happens to our body. Uh, you and I have yeah. talked before about, you know, unfortunately being a place where firearms are a necessity. Just sure. doesn't Absolutely. negate that. It's reminding yeah. us, ourselves and reminding the people around us that, unfortunately, this is my specific situation. And... Being able to create the agency that I didn't have as a child is incredibly empowering. The first time I was assaulted, I was five. And my mother telling me that I can't tell my father that she has to sit on him to tell him then puts me in charge of my father's emotional well-being. Who does that to a child? Mm -hmm. You've already been been victimized. You already had all of these unspeakable things happen to you. Now let's make you in charge of how your father's emotional ability to handle this is, is executed. No, thank you. Don't do that to kids. You know, it amazes me how in previous generations, how women were so afraid to stand up for their female children and say, what happened to you was a crime and not your fault. No one ever told me that what happened to me was not my fault. Never. Never. Mm. I didn't hear I didn't hear it wasn't your fault until I was in my thirties. Okay? And that wasn't by a person who loved me. That was just a woman who gave me agency or let me know that yeah, this shitty thing happened to you and you did nothing to make it happen. It happened. You know, and because you carry it around. If there is no one to give you that kind of support, if you can't even find that kind of support or protection in your own family, how are you supposed to move through the world? And I do want to remind folks, the book is not just about magic, quote, unquote. It is by someone 
who walks the walk, talks the talk, has done, you know, the physical aspects of protection and has taught classes on protection in, in the physical realm. This is incorporating all of that good stuff that you've learned to empower people, male and female, uh, to, to have agency over themselves. So I think that's a beautiful thing and so necessary because the world is an incredibly dangerous place and it's not getting better. You know, no, all the violence not. we've seen. Of, yeah, I mean, the violence that, that escalated during the, the previous four years, there's still incredible amounts of violence out there against most of our friends. You know, it's not just against women. It's against anyone who is considered a little different and you know all of my friends are a little different you know in in (laughs) all kinds of capacities and it's a beautiful thing but not everyone agrees we are not at the age of aquarius we have not gone back to the 60s where it's peace and love we would like to get there but it's not there and we've got to deal with things as they are which is why this book is so important so i'm really grateful that you wrote it and i'm going to be even more grateful when i get my hands on it because you know, having been uh, an adult, a young adult, and now I'm, you know, I'll be 60 in a couple of days, so technically I'm 60. Um, you know, you still need protection. <laughs> you still need to have some kind of agency, even as an older person. So I think this book would be incredible for anybody and would make a fantastic gift, but Listen, just get a copy for yourself to to protect yourself in every way possible. You know, you you think about the fact that you want to be safe on the road and you want to be safe in a strange area. But, you know, you need to be safe in your own bathtub. How many people have cracked their skulls open just getting out of a slippery tub? You know what I mean? It's like you have to take care with everything is my point. You know, not that you have to scrub your tub every day, although if you can and you have time, that's a luxury. Wish I had it. (laughs) Um, But you know what I mean. I mean, all aspects of life, all aspects of life need protection to a certain extent. Right? Even going to a restaurant. Absolutely. My favorite pieces of uh, specialty protection material when I go out, when I'm on tour, I keep an extra box of Band-Aids in my suitcase because mm-hmm. guess what? Those peepholes that allow you to see if there's a stranger on the other side of the door, they work two ways. They're, they're viewfinders sold on the, you know, on the market where wow. you can actually put it up to the peephole and see into the hotel room. Oh, no, so thank I put you. a Band-Aid over oh. the peephole so that you can't peek into my room. <laughs> no, but that's smart. I mean, you know, not not just for somebody who might have a violent intent, but just a theft intent. You don't need somebody knowing what's going on in your room, period, for any reason. So that I'm going to start mm-hmm. doing that. I will I'll start bringing band-aids. I actually have a small <laughs> box that I will put in my I will put in my travel case for when we go to Atlanta. Fantastic. Uh, the other mm-hmm. piece of technology is one of your appendages. I like to say thumb, but, uh, you know, there are farm accidents. There's all sorts of things happening. You put your fingernails mm-hmm. in the mirror in the bathroom, mirrors anywhere in your in your hotel room. Put your finger to it. Look very carefully where your finger meets that glass. No space to leave this place. You just found a two-way mirror. 
if your thumbnail touches your wow. thumbnail, that is a two-way mirror. Yeah. No kidding. There's a little space. You're good. Huh. That's so interesting. Wait a minute. I'm testing it on the mirror right now. <laughs> yep. There's space. That's so... Are you kidding me? Wow. Super easy. Um, the other thing I keep in my suitcase when I'm traveling and when I'm on book tours is a portable door lock. It's, um, it's two pieces mm. connected by a, a thin chain. One goes mm-hmm. in between the door and the door jam, and the other piece locks it in place. So even if someone has a key to the door, even if someone's trying to kick the door in, like it will not allow that door to be opened until you unlock it physically. So I love having those in my hotel room just in case somebody, they may even accidentally double key the the room. They might accidentally rent the room out twice. But I know that when I'm in the bathroom showering, no one's going to walk in there by accident. (laughs) Wow. If you have have a a young person. Where do you find that? Where do you get that something one I, like I, that? I got mine on Amazon, but you can find you, they advertise them on late night TV. I got mine on Amazon. You can find them in security yeah. shops um, in all yeah. over the place. But if you have a young person going away to college, it's perfect because yeah. those those rooms, God knows how many people have keys and access to that room. No doubt. Yeah, that's a good idea. Those of you who have college-aged kids who are going away from home, listen up. That's a great that's a great idea to get that specialty lock. And if it's available on Amazon, you could probably have it within 48 hours. So definitely look into that. That's brilliant. I never thought about that. I'm sorry. What else? What else did you have? Oh, I could I teach a this is a four-hour escape and invasion class in the middle of this book. Oh my gosh! Um, wow. My my other one is um, it looks like a doorstop. It's actually a door alarm. You place it up against the door, so if someone opens it, it lets out a 140 yeah. decibel shriek. So you will not sleep through that, <laughs> but it lets you know that someone <laughs> is trying to enter your room without your knowledge. Because we we like to think that those little the door chains or the little levers that you close yeah. are magic. Yeah, they are not. They can be defeated by a, an envelope. Please do not rely on those little levers for your for your personal safety. They really because I had been oh shit. Okay, I'm I'm making a note right now. The the hotel door levers are not the deal. Okay, cool. Right. Uh, I could I could yeah, I, hotel I with an envelope. Oh wow, I had no, no idea you want they something could be like that that easily. There's mm-hmm. uh, something called a defender. It's a door reinforcement lock that actually goes on the hinge side, not the doorknob side, that will clamp in place. So, you know, you can use it on your front door when you go to sleep at night. It's very easy to install. It's just three screws. Just in, It goes right next to the hinge itself and clamps around it so that no one can open the door. Um, the other thing that wow. I like to um, tell my clients, my students, any of my, my security company people that I work with, uh, when mm-hmm. you're putting in a new door, they send a little, like, three-quarter-inch screw to mount the screw plate into the wall. So it's together. It's there. Mm-hmm. Throw those mm-hmm. away. Get a three-inch wood screw and drill that. It'll actually go into the frame of the house and make it you know, much, much harder for someone to kick your front door in. That and 3M, <laughs> the, um, the sticker people, the adhesive people, they actually make yeah. a glass film that goes on your glass. It's clear, so you, no one can tell that it's there. It actually bonds to the glass, 
So you cannot break through that window. You can't stack it. So uh, don't, you know, try and put a seven on top of a three, but that seven millimeter film side of the door or three on each side, you cannot smash through it. Bats, crowbars, a guitar, I don't care what it is. You cannot smash through that glass. So no one is going to break the glass and try and unlock your door from the inside, from the outside. Holy shit. Wow. And, you know, speak to the fact that this is important for folks who live in apartments, too, because I think people assume that just houses are vulnerable. Like, I live in a garden apartment, right? And I think I'm just as vulnerable, well, maybe not quite just as vulnerable as a house that stands alone. But, I mean, if you don't know your neighbors, and even if you do, you know, everyone may not be there at the same time. And if the, if the complex, which mine is very small, but, you know, it's still susceptible. I still live in a big city. So please speak to the fact that that's important, too. Oh, absolutely. The, the techniques that we utilize and the things that we talk about are super important. But the best thing you can do is get to know your neighbors. Because if somebody's, yep. you know, messing around on your balcony, guess what? The people are nosy by nature. This is this is just communal living. People are social animals. We are nosy. Uh, it's one of the reasons yeah. why if you if you have an, a standalone house, you have a, a regular exterior door. Add a storm door on there. You smash the glass mm. on the storm door window. Say, people will just blow right off one sound. Oh, oh, it's the wind, the neighbor's dog got out, whatever. But two sounds, now they want to know what's up. They can write off one sound. They cannot write, write off two sounds. So get to know your right. neighbors right. in your, your com- apartment complex. Get to know the people around you. Yep. It's harder, yep. you know, because we have a pandemic and people are uh, more cautious, and that's important. But the best thing is we live in the future. You can get ring doorbells. You can get video camera doorbells that keep an eye on what's going on around you. So if your neighbor across the street has somebody break in, you can say, oh, you know what, I might, have, I might have footage of that. I might be able to help you out there. There are so many really incredible safety protocols that are available for us now that we wouldn't have dreamed of 10 years ago, having video doorbells to be able to call everybody. I can be in Canada, and my house will let me know if somebody pulls into my driveway. It's wow. fantastic the ability That's- that we have to keep our spaces safe. Yeah. <laughs> spaces safe. Yeah, so it's it's it, it and remember that you are also as a human being a sacred space and as and as a magical person you are also a sacred space. So, you know, and I love the fact that you've covered all of these aspects of protection because it's so so important and critical um not just to your livelihood but to your physical and emotional well-being. When you can walk out of your house and feel secure and you're armed, your body is armed with, you know, whatever spells or oils or crystals or any of the things that Amy provides in the book, um, any lessons that she might provide for physical protection of any kind, you know, if you leave your home and you know your home is armed as well, and I'm sure you've got a whole section in there about warding and, and you mm-hmm. know, protection pieces for the home. Of course you do, because you're Amy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that level of confidence is something that cannot, once you've been, once you've had your home invaded, the, the 
the ability to get that feeling of security back is really, really hard. Those of us who mm-hmm. have been through some kind of a home invasion will tell you that it can be, even under the most secure circumstances, it can take years to feel comfortable again. Um, and sometimes it requires moving and you still don't feel safe. Uh, mm-hmm. So do everything you can to protect everywhere you are, your car, your home, your bathroom, your office, and, you know, in the store. It's not just about COVID. It's about the negative shit people carry on themselves. You, you know, you have to not only protect yourself physically, you have to protect yourself psychically, too. I mean, all of these things to keep a clear head and to stay aware are important. So I'm really grateful that there's there's this book out there that we're going to be able to get our hands on that are, you know, that's just going to give us another layer of protection or several, actually. So I'm really yeah. grateful about that, too. So, you know, but and already almost an hour gone. Okay, so <laughs> tell me about the next book before I run out of time because I'm so happy to talk to you. <laughs> The next one is actually a comprehensive wellness book. It's not, there's a, there's been, you know, there's probably 20 self-care books that have come out in the last five years because we're in a pandemic and there's a lot of things that are going on. But I noticed in, in looking at them and going through them, you know, zero of them mm-hmm. talk about chronic illness, zero. And really, you know, 30%, 30%, no, almost 40% of the people in the, in our country have a chronic illness. It's not it's not one or two or three percent anymore. It's not that, you know diabetes is a chronic illness. There is no cure. There's ways to manage it, and it's, yeah. people understand what it is, but it's still a chronic illness. Um, wow! So yeah. I'm talking about ways to battle burnout, not just oh, if it was as easy as taking a, a bubble bath and having a glass of champagne, like we would have done that already. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that doesn't I, cure I said, it at all. I spent years in a wheelchair trying to make it as a person in an able body space. This is yeah. thing. Uh, I, yeah. I'm mistaken for able bodied uh, on an occasion, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you what, it's having chronic pain, having chronic illnesses, this thing is on you. So there's, there are so many different things that we need to look at this as magical people, as magical practitioners, writing about it in your journal, isn't going to fix it. Is journaling valid? Mm-hmm. Of course it is. But it is mm-hmm. not the only thing that's going to fix these long-term issues that there is no cure for. And just like we chatted about toxic positivity earlier, that applies yeah. to the idea of wellness. You know, I, yeah. I, have, I have chronic hives. I, for the last six years, I have had hives. That's, those are my daily mm-hmm. thing. And I still get people who are like, well, you must have done something really awful to get that. Like, that is not okay. What? That is no, that's that is not able okay. crap, and nobody that's needs that. Victim blaming. I cannot stand that. What did you do to to do? This is so my mother. What did you do to make that happen? Because of course, Christianity in her world is the be all end all. In the meantime, she's one of the most miserable fucks I've ever known. So I'm like, mm-hmm. you really have no place to talk about how upset or ill or whatever I am, you know, there, there are some theories that my father is what made me 
get Crohn's disease in the first place because it's brought on by intense, intense, prolonged stress, um, which I had all of my life. I've given descriptions of my father. Therefore, folks can understand why that might have been a thing in my household. But, yeah, I mean, it's just more victim blaming, and it's it's ridiculous. But we don't talk about the fact that, and I would dare say that there's a higher percentage of that in the pagan community. Um, I agree. There are very, I, I find very few people who don't, have something now maybe that's because of the food or the atmosphere or the intense levels of stress but half the folks I know have some form of IBS irritable bowel syndrome I have mm-hmm. Crohn's which is a bit more intensive I mean I, I know everybody's got something lately whether it's the you know blood pressure pills or you know, blood thinners. It just seems like I. the only people I know who aren't on some kind of medication are under 30 and not been to a psychologist yet <laughs> in, some, yep. in some cases, you know. And that's kind of it because we all seem to have some kind of an acid reflux or some kind of a something that we're dealing with. And it could be, you know, from poisoning food and the world for so long and poisoning the water. I tend to think, you know, this whole peanut thing where, you know, people can die from eating peanuts. There was no instances that we knew about 50 years ago because we hadn't poisoned everything yet. I seriously believe that the peanut plants absorbed all the toxins that they were spreading, and this is why people can now die from peanuts. I think it is man-made. I think it's manufactured by humans, and, you know, the poisons we've put in this world are coming back to haunt us through natural products. Frightening. Yeah, especially because peanuts grow under the ground. I mean, I don't know how many people know that. Uh, They have to dig them up just like potatoes. So all the stuff, that the heavy metals and the things that are in the ground, Guess what? Yep. Their bioaccumulation is a thing. <laughs> Absolutely, and the more poison you throw on a piece of ground, and then you tr- and then you're growing food there. I mean, yeah, this is going to harm the population. I, people look at me like I'm nuts when I say that. the 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 plant didn't just mutate into something that kills people on its own. I don't think nature necessarily does that unless it's a, a creature being persistently attacked i don't think of peanuts being quite sentient that way but you know what i'm saying the more poison you throw Mm -hmm. on something the more deadly it's going to become and that's what i think happened i think potatoes are going to wind up doing that too at some point anything that grows in the ground is going to have issues because of all the shit we're doing sorry soapbox now i'm down go ahead (laughs) (laughs) So that's due to my editor uh, be on New Year's Eve. So I would look for that around January 2023. Yay! What else are you doing? I know you're doing other things. <laughs> oh, yeah. I started a novel in the middle of writing two other books. Because <laughs> you're Amy Blackthorne, and that's what Amy Blackthorne does. <laughs> this would make a good Amy Blackthorne story if people were allowed to tell Amy Blackthorne stories. 
There you go. I want to know what can you can you tell me a little bit about the novel? Yes, yes. I, I I'm really excited about this. Uh, my fabulous main character is a woman who owns a tea shop, shock of all shocks, um, but is a witch who is a uh, one of her uh, tarot clients is murdered, and she has to figure out what happened because she came to our main character for help, and you know what? The next thing you know, she ends up dead. So we've got to figure out who's doing this and why. Oh, it's a mystery. It's a murder mystery. It I is a murder it. mystery, and I'm really excited. Uh, this, it's, it was inspired by, it was inspired by events, but we, these are not, you know, it's, it's a fictional book, so we're, I'm actually having a lot of fun with it. It's, it airs out my brain when I'm stuck looking into a, a space on the nonfiction stuff to change gears and get past that stuck part with the fiction stuff and then be able to go back to the nonfiction, you know? Well, let me ask you this, because you've been sure. a writer for quite some time now. And I was wondering, when you are in the midst of writing more than one thing, and then mm-hmm. you're writing something that is a complete departure in certain instances, because writing factual things about the craft, as it were, and spiritual practice, and then you're writing something that's based on people who are or can be and, and doing a complete fiction, does that help you refocus when you're writing books about witchcraft or whatever you normally quote-unquote write about? Or is it just another thing filling your brain that you got to get on paper before it leaves? Both. Um, if I'm ah. stuck and, and I really can't figure out how, how to get into the next section, you know, uh-huh. it's, it's like getting out and taking a walk. When you, I, you okay. as, as a writer, as anyone creative, you can get out and you can take a walk. And you, the bl- getting the blood flowing helps get through that blockage. Well, in a pandemic, I can't go, you know, right. to a lot of the other venues where I would have gone pre-pandemic. But I, what I can sure. do is I can change gears into a different space. Uh, there was a neat thing that my, my mom and I used to do. Um, your, your brain is stuck. You're, you can't think of a thing. You can't think of a word, a color, a sound, a person. My mother would look at me and say, what color is it? Mm. On the mm-hmm. outside, it's like, okay, what, what color are your glasses so I know what to look for? But in changing the direction of what you're thinking, by or like oh I don't, uh-huh. I don't what color would what color would character development be you know by changing gears completely and moving off into left field you can go around yeah. those blockages rather than trying to hit your head against the brick wall for another hour you're not getting any writing done anyway right. switch gears and find something else to do because by the time you come back to it that allows you to really move forward in in a better space just change that scenery. If that means you've got to take your laptop and go sit on the back deck for a couple hours, like change your scenery. It really helps get that blood flowing, but also get that creativity. And and, and there's no reason you have to take a sledgehammer to that wall. Just go around. Yeah. You know, I so agree with that because that's actually something I do. I'm not a writer. Um, and I'm always trying to understand how writers' brains work, which is why I do these shows. Uh, it's part mm-hmm. of the reason. 
but because it's something I've always wanted to do. But I know, you know, I don't think there's any shame in knowing I don't have that kind of talent. I do other shit. Um, But what you just said about, you know, come at what you're doing from a completely different perspective, um, I use that when I'm at my day job. There's something I'll be presented with. Uh, I have to figure out how to approach a client or I have to figure out how to approach a quote that I'm doing or whatever. And sometimes I have to stop because I keep running into this wall of I don't want to say it this particular way. How am I going to say it better? And if you change gears and do something else and say, okay, I'm going to give my brain a break from this angle. Let me try it as if I was doing this information for myself or you or another friend of mine or you know what I'm saying? Like take yourself and put the situation in another location and see if you can try to develop it from another angle when you're stuck at your original angle. It's a brilliant way to do things in general, not just as a writer. So I applaud that. That's wonderful. You're brilliant. I try to brilliant. (laughs) <laughs> you don't have to try. You are naturally. <laughs> uh, I try and build some air into my schedule anyway. So every hour or so, yeah. I'll, my office is upstairs. So I, I walk down the hallway, down the stairs, into the kitchen, and I get a drink of water once an hour. It's great for keeping your, your brain flowing, and it keeps me. it gives me permission to air out that brain without air. needing a Facebook break. Uh, that's true because a lot of the time my breaks are in the form of social media. Now, here's the problem mm-hmm. with that. You intend to do it for five minutes. An hour later, you suddenly look up and realize that you've answered 16 messages. You got involved in an argument that you had no fucking intention of being in in the first place, <laughs> and other things have happened. So, yeah, if you can avoid social media, because something I've noticed about social media during the day, if I'm working on something and I take a social media break, my brain will turn into jelly Mm -hmm. more than it already is. And I lose some of my ambition depending on what I've read on social media. So social media should be treated like what it is. It's a great way to connect with your friends and it's a level of escapism, but you can't live there. So please, right. folks, come back into the real world where we all live so we can all hang out <laughs> like we used to instead of these crazy pseudo wars that people keep fucking doing online and it's annoying as shit. Anyway, Amy, yeah. so since we are now over, um, tell people, well, over as in time, not the show is still running. Um, tell <laughs> folks where they can where they can find you, when they can expect stuff, and and when we can see you in person. That'd be great. So you can find me on. Yeah, no. I I just <laughs> I I, have, I dove into the realm of TikTok. So you can find me at Blackburn's Botanicals. Um, there I am reading material from the new book. I am telling stories about where my ideas come from. Uh, you can find me at Amy Blackthorn Author on Instagram, and there's Blackthorn's Botanicals on Facebook. You can get spells, uh, spell candles, teas, autographed books. You can find them at amyblackthorn.com. There's, when 
right before a book comes out, there's always the 30 to 50 pages of free downloads that you can actually check out of the book before it's out for real. So the minute that's available, that'll go up on amyblackburn.com. And I'm I'm just <laughs> to I'm glad that the pandemic is sort of evening things out. Like we had, no one was picking tea on the side of a mountain in China in 2020. So right. <laughs> there have been supply issues there, but the stuff that we have uh, is is selling really well because there there are less things available. So I'm I'm really tickled oh. just to get back in touch with people. The next thing I know that I'm doing is uh, between the worlds slash the sacred space conference in Hunt Valley, Maryland, and then after that will be mm-hmm. Mystic South. Uh, everything yeah. else is still up in the air at this point, but I'm really looking forward to Between the Worlds and getting to see my yeah. sacred space friends that I haven't seen. And, you know, this will be the, you know, we missed two years because of the pandemic, so I'm really excited to see those people and get to hang out. I'm going to talk about when uh, battling burnout for pagans and leadership. That is January... Uh, you can okay. check out Sacred Space Conference on Facebook and uh, sacredspace.org for more information there. And I'm awesome. also teaching awesome. Scions of Scent, how to, u- how to utilize fragrance in ritual magic to alter your perceptions, to create links between um, different parts of your magical practice. And it's super neat. I'm going to just bring a whole notebook. We're going to fill it up. That sounds wonderful. Amy Blackthorne, you are such a gem and such a great writer and such a good friend to hang out with me. I appreciate you so much. I can't wait till you come back on after the release of Blackthorne's Protection Magic. So excited. I think we have a book. Yes. Maybe I need to double do. check. Um, I think I, I think probably do. double Okay, I'm going to double check anyway because I'm scared now. Okay, but you are coming back on. Because <laughs> I know I tried to make sure I booked you an additional spot. Anyway, I love you. I adore you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you spending even the extra time with me. It's been great. Thank you. Of course, I appreciate you so much. All right, doll. Talk to you soon. You too. I will be back with Heather Green tomorrow morning. We are going to be talking about her new book, Lights, Camera, Witchcraft. It's going to be fun. Have a great night. See you in the morning. Bye.